Welcome back to Meathead Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Emily Schramm, and I am so thrilled that you are here. I am officially launching 2023 with a podcast on plants with a wonderful plant person, a folk or folk herbalist, Julia Lyons. I am in my van right now. I hate to say it, you all, but I am watching the ocean and the sunset. (laughs) It's like, sometimes you just, it just doesn't get more real. Van life is so fun. It's such an adventure. There's some quirks about it. There's some moments, there's highs, there's lows. But in this moment, I am incredibly grateful for the freedom that I have. And if you have questions about van life or you want me to do more podcasts about van life, I don't know if I'm really the expert because I wing this shit so hard, but I would do my best. So you just let me know. Welcome back to a Meathead Hippie podcast. I really, really love today's podcast. I think there's a misconception about how we have conversation with plants or maybe in my head, I always battle with this like, should I hear them more or how do I get more connected? And maybe that's with everything. Like how am I not doing enough? You know, all these people look so spiritual and so plant, plant listeners. I don't know. There's just always this voice in our head that kind of tells us we're not enough. And that's so part of our conversation with Julie and I today, which is my favorite part is it's a very open, real vulnerable conversation. But what I want to say is that plants talk to you in ways that don't really feel human because obviously they're not. And so a really easy example to share with you is I'm doing, you can join in anytime, but it's called the four dailies. It's a free challenge. It's just a way to check off the boxes for four points, daily peace, daily minerals, daily water and daily herbs. And it's just this really simple way to start to integrate all of these things that I care about. And then you can choose if you want to do a fifth point. It's very low key. There's nothing really required except you check off your points and then send it back and get a little prize. But I really have been understanding my relationship with plants. It's just all about everything it is, is awareness and what I am willing to see. And when we are open to seeing things, including plants that show up often, or they just keep showing up in your life, or if somebody keeps mentioning it to you, that's a way a plant can talk to you. So for me, it's nettles. I was at a farm in Ojai volunteering. There was this huge rainstorm that happened. <laughs> thought we were going to die, but we didn't. And this wonderful farmer, Steve Sprinkles, that I met in a parking lot, gave me a parking lot to safely park the van. And Griff and I were cool and it was all good, but I owed him, you know, I was like, thank you. I'm going to trade you some time. So I volunteered at their farm and I was picking beets out of the ground and I got stung by a stinging nettle. And I was like, wait a second where did these come from? They were starting to sprout everywhere after the rain. I was like, okay, nettles, I see you. I feel you. I probably should have more of you because nettles are the most calcium rich herbal tea slash concoction that you could ever have. 
And as someone who doesn't have dairy, calcium is a big deal for me to get. And I am not going to get it through a supplement because my next podcast that's launching next week is a lot about calcium supplementation and vitamin D and vitamin K2. And really this like industry of calcium, which is total bullshit. So we need to get our calcium from food. But as someone who looks at goat cheese and my whole fucking neck, excuse my language, my neck breaks out. It's frustrating. So calcium coming from nettles is a perfect thing. So I need to be having this way more than I'm having it. And as I'm going onto my next adventure, my next campground, I mean, the amount of nettles, I posted it in my Instagram. It's insane. It's just, it's yelling at me. And that's the thing. These plants are kind of yelling at us in a gentle way, but we have to open our eyes. We have to look for them. We have to notice them. Get curious when you walk by a plant. What is that? I use a picture of this app. It's wonderful. It is a little expensive, but it's definitely worth it. It feels very reliable, especially for herbs. And it's just a way to start to understand how we can know what herbs are right for us. And you know, then weird things start to happen, right? Like all of a sudden a flower essence shows up on your desk or, (laughs) I mean, this shit's real. Or when I'm driving, like I'll hit a bump and a a, a single tincture will fly out. (laughs) Oh, I guess I need that today. And I always do. (laughs) So that's been my like conversation. It's like having fun with it and not overthinking it, but really listening and and talking to plants more because daily herbs are necessary. And I have a whole bunch of thoughts about how to make sure that internally and externally we're more connected with nature so that we can do our best to make sure that we are taking care of her. We can't take care of her for like completely cutting her out, including carnivore diets which I have a whole bunch of thoughts on, but that's not my place right now to talk about. So without further ado, I want to introduce Julia Lyons. I will say that with this beautiful understanding of human design, just a side note, I'm really into the fact that there is a gate for plant people. (laughs) Like there's more for people with this gate and I'm, I only have half of it. So I, I love being around people who fill that gate for me. It's 2644 or 4426, whatever way you look at it. I'm not a human design person. I just love nerding out about stuff. So that's something if you are into human design, look on your human design, see if you have those, those people who have that filled tend to be able to have much different communication with plants, but all of us can develop that skill all of us can really be aware and be curious and have that interest and start growing herbs. And it's just one of those beautiful things that we just get better and better at as we go. Okay. Julia Lyons. She is an earth centered shamanic healer, Reiki master and teacher. She's a folk herbalist. She works under the Maya healing tradition of Miss Beatrice White. She is on a mission to empower people to live authentically and feel confident in their own unique process of becoming the best version of themselves. Ugh, isn't that familiar? That is so in alignment. Her work embodies a variety of earth-centered spiritual healing healing techniques, traditional Maya abdominal womb massage, and shamanic healing practices. She currently lives and works in Lafayette, Colorado. And I am so excited for you to hear this conversation, enjoy it, and let us know what you think. If you need anything, you have suggestions, 
email support at emilyshrom.com. The final little announcement that I have is that I am going to start hosting micro retreats. So that's like super exciting because I'm going to all these amazing, sacred, beautiful places and I want to bring people together to do all of the things. There are going to be many retreats and I can't wait for it. If you're in my Facebook group or if you're a member with the Meathead Hippie membership, you can get the deets first or just stay on my newsletter for the people who are not on those platforms and we will make sure you get the latest and greatest. Sending all my love. Happy 2023. Lots of great podcasts coming to you Enjoy the show. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Julia Lyons, I am so thrilled that the universe collided in cool ways for me to find you. You're in Colorado, but we did not meet in Colorado. And here we are on a podcast talking about something that I've been so excited to bring to the listeners of Meathead Hippie and just anyone, period, because this plant is so special and so sacred, but there's so much more and you're a multidimensional being that's doing so much great work in this healing plant you know, dimension that we live in this human body. So I'm so excited that you're here to talk about all the things. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That was a nice surprise getting your, your email. It was funny. I was actually, it must've been a week before I was like, I haven't done a podcast in a while and it's fun. I want to do one again. (laughs) And then I got your email and I was like, sweet. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Well, yeah. So for the listeners, I was typing in sacred tobacco workshops. I had taken one in Northern California with a wonderful woman named Francesca. And I had kind of had this big moment that happened in a dream with tobacco and tobacco coming to me and knowing I needed to go learn everything I could about it. And I'm still in that process. It's going to probably be an entire lifetime of learning, but you and your Facebook page and what you're doing popped up. And so it was just a perfect, perfect inner intertwining of worlds because you're also in Colorado doing this healing work. And I am just excited to see where this conversation takes us. I would love to start with maybe your introduction to just tobacco, the plant of tobacco and kind of the topic that's really on my heart of sharing because people have so many misconceptions about that plant. So if we could start there and then we can just go from, go for all the places from that spot. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think like my first tobacco introduction was like, you know, growing up, people smoking tobacco in restaurants, high school, taking drags from people's cigs is like what we call tobacco. fun. <laughs> you know, very conventional. It's not like I grew up really with, um, any, um, framed animistic view around plants or anything. That was something that kind of came to me, um, through my own work. But then as I dove into my own personal healing work and then facilitating healing work, Um, and living in the Boulder, Colorado area, you know, there's a lot, 
there's a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff around here. And so I um, was relatively quickly introduced to working with tobacco in a sacred way. Um, you know, really all over the world, people work with tobacco. It's, it's obviously in a conventional way, very widespread, um, but many different earth-centered cultures work with it ritualistically uh, for many different reasons. And um, yeah, I think probably through one of my South American um, shamans that, that I've worked with is how that really opened up and I um, started working with it on my own after being exposed to it in some South American lineage. Oh, kitty. Um, <laughs> teachings with, with other plant medicines. They often, not always, but a lot of times work with con in conjunction with other plant medicines as well. So. And, and mostly from my kind of understanding as a protector of the space, right? And of the ceremony and kind of initiating some of the ceremonies or if not all of the ceremonies, is that a big piece of your work with it? That's a big, I mean, yes. Um, one thing that happens when you work, you know, anytime that we're working with any plant and from this animistic view, um, it's really about building a relationship with the plant. So you can kind of start working with the plant with, you know, what you've heard or read or what other people tell you the plant does. But um, especially with what's considered like a power plant, like tobacco or um, some lineages refer to it as a master teacher plant. It is so, I mean, I think that there's kind of nothing tobacco can't do. So yes, it's definitely like a very strong protector. It, um, I mean, I've, so I've done my own personal work and then I also have an earth centered healing practice. And when I used to see clients out of my home, I could kind of do whatever I wanted. So I would work with tobacco when it came forward to help um, with my clients. And so in that setting, I've, I've seen it be used for, kind of the whole gamut of um, healing opportunities, whether it's clearing something out of the space, that's a big one, it's for cleansing. Um, cleanse, I find a lot of this stuff that I'll share with you is kind of just like my experience working with it as, you know, it's, it's in life, there's not, no rules. And then especially in like shamanic healing, it's like anytime you say this equals this, this plant does this and not this, it's like, going to prove the opposite to you pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen it do clearing work, protection work. I've seen it give blessings, bestow blessings onto people um, and, and amongst other things as well. It's an, a huge thing that it's used for is prayer as well. It's used as offerings to spirits, whether in the physical form, giving dried tobacco to the land, um, I'm going to do my best to stay away from speaking about what specific cultures do with it because it's not, it's not my thing. And it's kind of just like hearsay. Um, but I'll just do my best to talk about again, from my own relationship with tobacco and, um, what it's guided me to do and shared with me. But 
offerings for the land and then offerings to spirit through the smoke um, are other big ways that it's used and worked with. And I, I appreciate your approach on this of just your relationship, because that's what ultimately you and your practice and even me with some of the herbal things that I've done, it's how do you introduce someone to a plant so that they can build that relationship because there is that beautiful integration that happens and with tobacco, right? The, and you know, this from speaking it. And even if I share it to somebody who's very unfamiliar with tobacco in the sacred sense, it's like the scrunched up nose and like, wait, tobacco, like, and it has such this misconception. And I am so curious about your opinion or your thoughts or just your feelings around that of how something so beautiful and sacred and supportive in all these different ways can now be so quickly misconstrued and um, misinterpreted in a way that is so opposite of what it can be for the, for the human. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier, you know, Um, it's a funny one. I think that it's like anything that has power, whether it's like a human or a plant or, you know, like psychedelics now that they're kind of um, coming out a little more. Anything that like has power is gonna get a big reaction from people in either direction. Um, And then also when something has power too, then that's often when human beings are tested of like, are they going to be in right relationship or out of right relationship, which is, you know, people in earth centered cultures that work with tobacco are working with it in a respectful way. That's, you know, for the most part in sacred right relationship with the plant, with the spirit of the plant. And, you know, I'm sure that what happened is like people from other cultures were introduced to that. And then they were the ones that were like, oh, I can profit from this. I can, you know, do all these things and like, let's add these chemicals and all of that stuff, like, is what I would call being out of right relationship. And that is, you know, humans trying to take advantage of what the earth and spirit has provided so that they can um, benefit and kind of a not so nice way as opposed to like if they just worked with it in relationship they could like actually benefit from it in a really beautiful and mystical way as opposed to like I'm gonna make money and like make it cheaper and a bigger yield and you know whatever it gets icky (laughs) in every industry it's just you see it in every single industry it's kind of mind-blowing Oh my goodness. You mentioned um, earth-centered a few times. Will you kind of bring mm-hmm. that back to like, what is earth-centered and kind of your, maybe it goes into your training and kind of your experience, but what does that term mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it means kind of what it sounds like earth-centered. So um, when I refer to an earth-centered culture, it would be a culture that lives in an earth-centered way, meaning um everything that they do, the ways that they live, the ways that they eat, the ways that they're in relationship with the universe are centered around the earth. Um, Every single, the 
the thing that I really love about kind of that term is that every single human being has a lineage to an earth-centered culture if you go back far enough. Every single place on the earth, every single country, every single everything traces back to an earth-centered culture, ultimately. Um, and these were the people that were, you know, you can use any of like the words like indigenous to the land or, I mean, they don't even have to be indigenous to the land that they're living on. There are nomadic tribes or like the Jews that were exiled out of their land still lived in earth-centered ways. And really it's, it's a modern, you know, if we really think about like the whole time span of humanity and then stretch that even further, because I believe that it was actually, you know, further than what our history books taught. Um, that's how people were living. It's, it's a way of living in relationship with the earth and also with spirit. And it is um, having an animistic view of the universe, meaning regarding everything as having a spirit or an energy. Um, and then a huge part of that way of living is this idea for me of like being in right relationship, meaning, you know, approaching things as you would a friend and um, building a relationship with things. So like in this case with the tobacco and not just like going in with this kind of modern mindset of domination and using it for your gain and, you know, more mutuality. I love that. Thank you for explaining that. And then, okay, if someone is new to the world of tobacco and kind of understanding it in this more spiritual world, and but they're excited about that. And the plant itself, I think everyone should just at least go Google search or web search an image of it or a variety of it. Cause it's such a beautiful plant. Yes. It smells so good. It's sappy. It's sticky. It's like a natural insecticide. It is, I mean, there's so many components to what this plant has. Like it, it's just, when you see it, you're like, Oh, I have a totally different understanding instead of just thinking of a tobacco or like a cigarette pack, you know? So yeah starting with just visualization of it, but where does one begin if they are brand new and they're coming to you of how do I enter into right relationship with specifically tobacco? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will speak in regards to tobacco, but this can really be applied to any plant that people are interested in working with. Um, I, so most people don't have access to like, or don't, yeah, grow the physical plant of tobacco. It's um, it's actually quite easy to get seeds. It's quite easy to grow. It's very eager to be worked with and it's very eager to have its name and uses be reclaimed in this culture. Um, so that eagerness is awesome be because it's, you know, easy to open the door, um, but the things that I like to start with, if you don't have a garden or a way of growing it, because of course, growing the plant and working with it in the physical form, tending to it is a great place to start if that's an option for you. And if not, the next kind of thing that I like to go to is, um, you can use different words for this, but 
kind of starting to call upon the spirit of the plant, whether in um, your dreams, like with you. And it kind of sounds like tobacco just came to you. You didn't have to call upon it. It was like, hey, I'm coming to you and we're going to start this journey, right? It was big mama tobacco energy. <laughs> it was like, I woke up like, I have to go find tobacco. And then I had told you this in our kind of pre-podcast talk, but going to a farm in Occidental, just kind of looking down, looking down, looking down. And then all of a sudden this moment looking up and I was like, what plant is that? Oh my God, that's tobacco. That was in the dream. It was just like, choo, 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 choo. <laughs> and so in the dream, you saw it and you knew that that was the spirit that was coming to you. And did the true visual of tobacco match the one in your dream? Well, it's such a good question. Yes and no, because in the dream, it felt like it was so, so huge. It was like towering over and it was like a, a <laughs> command. It was a commandment of like, you must get to know me. Like you, I, I was like on my knees bowing to this plant. I've never had a, a, any kind of profound, you know, I've had tons of plant energy and kind of shifts and changes and mood and all of the things that happen with medicinal plants, but never that type of spirit coming through, which is why I'm now like, I need to know everything tobacco is trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. What a gift. Oh, it was. And it was, but it's also like, okay, what, what are the layers and how do I build this relationship. And it's true what you said about the seeds. I mean, the seeds, hundreds of thousands of seeds per plant, you know, it's just prolific. It, and I would, every time I would just like shake it and spread it and just give it that type of love. But it is, I feel like a, an awakening, like it's a wanting to be heard in such a big way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it takes up big space, just like kind of the metaphor of it being so big in your dream. I mean, it's probably. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's probably the most common plant in Amer in the world, not only in America. You can buy it anywhere. Right. There's so much at every store. I mean, what other what other plants is like that? Like, actually, so true. It's it's, it's prolific. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Wow. And also, kind of going on this van trip and like going to some old tobacco fields and really seeing the history of the monocropping of tobacco and also just the, the way what we had talked about earlier in the podcast of like, let's just add this, let's profit with this. And then let's get it, people very addicted to it. And here we are, mm. you know, in this dopamine depleted society when that's so opposite of what that energy coming into the dream was. It was like, I'm a, it was a spiritual awakening versus a disassociation. You yeah. know, and, and how different and polar opposite those two are in the current paradigm that we're in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But okay, I can't quite, even think I when never. you said the monocropping, I was I had this face and I like realized I was doing a face because <laughs> I can't even, I've seen other things monocropped and I'm like grateful that I haven't actually seen the tobacco in person monocropped like that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So 
I got, I'm on your newsletter and I got a picture of how you work with people. And I was so in love with the picture that was in this newsletter. So your person, your clients on the table and she is covered in plants <laughs> just from head to toe. It looked so divine. So you in this being in right relationship and teaching it and working that with your practice, what's your story of getting to that point of right relationship? And mm-hmm. where did that start? And was that you came into the world this way or were there some <laughs> unravelings and awakenings that kind of brought you into that um, space of communion that you're so clearly in? Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, that's a good one. Being in right relationship is like a constant act of refining. You can come in with respect and you're still a human. So you're going to like waver and you're going to just un, unfurl these deeper layers and um, really these like deeper opportunities for you to deepen your relationship and come more and more and more into right relationship, right? Because yeah, we're still human and I'm not, I'm in no way like a monk that goes and lives with a, in a cave and, you know, pushes away all temptations like I kind of have an opposite viewpoint of life that we should like integrate all of those things um but yeah I mean I I definitely think that in general I have always like had this certain amount of respect um for all things whether you know in a recreational setting or not I have never really been someone to go like over the top with things um However, like, yeah, I have like many funny stories of things where I like get excited about it and then like push a little too far and then like trip over the root of a tree that I'm like harvesting resin from. And I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of knew that I like should have stopped harvesting when, when I did. And, you know, it's, it's really just all about, um, kind of allowing yourself to listen really to the the plant or to whatever you're working with whatever spirit or being or whatever that you're working with and trying to I don't know I guess like set your ego aside or just let your ego be with you but know when it's chirping in of like you know you're gonna be eager and be excited and just be reflective is all, all you have to do just like in life is like be reflective. And if you are, then you'll know when something just kind of like goes a little over the line of right relationship. And, um, from my experience, the plants or spirit or the earth or whatever doesn't really care as long as you're reflecting and trying to learn, like that's all they want. So they're not going to like demonize you if you like go to a bar and puff on a cigarette, like, you know, whatever, like over harvest a little too much. It's more of, are they listening? Are they trying? Are they putting an effort? It's, you know, I often think about the plants as like, they're like people. That's what the animistic viewpoint is, is like they have a spirit. And so you build a relationship, you build a friendship. You're not just going to you know, you're just going to be reflective, hopefully, and open and not 
just take advantage. Like a friendship won't last very long if you're just like taking advantage of them and just using them for your own benefit. Like it should be a mutual thing. You want to be like, oh, did I, you know, something I often do. Oh God, did I just talk too much when I was hanging out with my friend or like, you know, oh shoot, did I, I was wondering these things, but did I ask like, you know, so I think as long as you're reflective and you're checking in with yourself, then there's opportunity for growth. And that is what the universe and really what being in a body is all about is growth, right? And reflection. And I do wanna go back to your previous question about how to get to know tobacco, but I just didn't wanna forget. No, I think you tapped into so many elements of what I have felt of like, oh shit, <laughs> like, like, oh, so like just the idea of trying and listening and constantly checking in and being aware. And if you don't know, you just pause and you stop and you wait and let it reveal itself. I, you know, it's this idea, even with this dream, like, am I not doing enough to get to know tobacco? Like Mm -hmm. she came to me in this dream. Right. And so I'm learning and exploring. And I know so many other people listening have similar experiences of, am I not spiritual enough? Am, Am I not meditating enough? Am I not tuned in enough versus trusting the layers are happening as long as what you said exists, which is that reciprocity. It's not this one-sided, let me just take it and go. It, it, that So that was really, how I, li- I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think that what you're speaking to is very much like a modern Western issue. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, I mean, it's kind of like rooted just in enoughness. Shit. Yes. That's I mean, so true. right. Which is yeah. something that I'm is like big on my um in my space right now. I'm like, huh, like what are these roots? Because if we lived in these earth-centered cultures, they in earth more earth-centered times, like they don't have that issue of enoughness. Like, and I have a lot of theories as where that's rooted, but we'd get way off topic. But <laughs> it's like the the feeling feeling of not being enough is very much modern very much western very much you know an issue of our times and if we didn't have that we wouldn't be so judgmental of ourselves and how we're acting and i don't know it's it's a little sad but if we can just kind of bring that awareness that anything anytime that we are thinking you know, less than our dreams for ourselves or like less than your, really your wildest dreams and what you can dream of for your life, that's kind of a limited belief. And so if, if that's, oh, am I not doing enough for tobacco or am I not, you know, it's like, why is what you're doing not enough? You're just on the path. You're not just going to like be there all of a sudden and also there's this aspect of like divine timing that I want to speak to too of like am I not meditating enough am I not this and I'm not that I'm like you're the only person that knows the answer to that and so yeah maybe if you're questioning that try doing more and also be gentle with yourself I mean I have a friggin two-year-old and so I have these things a lot too of like oh I just wish I could you know, go lock myself in a 
a little shed for two weeks and like sit with one plant the whole time, you know, whatever. It's, it's just the divine timing. I can't do that with a two-year-old right now. Like I just have to be more in the flow and, you know, we're, if we're being reflective and we're continuing towards it, you know, then we're being enough. And if you're questioning that, try a little more and I don't know, it's tricky though. Thank you for that. And I also, I want to share. So the amount of times Juniper has come up since we spoke last week, I have stayed at Juniper Farms. I've stayed at a Juniper Street. I was just like, oh, I'm following the Juniper. (laughs) So Juniper, your your beautiful two-year-old has just made the name known. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is another amazing plant to work. I worked with Juniper. I still do um, a lot, even before the human juniper came into my life. So I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That was my good omen as I was figuring out my van life last week. Um, Okay. So recapping back to full circle of how to, how one can get to know tobacco if they are new to it and curious about it. Yeah. So again, like if possible to sit with the physical plant, um, so there's this thing called the um, doctrine of signatures where it says that kind of the physical attributes of a plant can give hints or indications as to the healing properties or the uses, whether physical, spiritual, magical, you know, in earth-centered healing, the work that I facilitate and also just like the plants and the earth don't distinguish between physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, whether that be ailments or healing or whatever. Um, So I just want to speak to that too, but often the physical aspects can be a metaphor for how it can be used or what the gifts of that plant are. So let's just think about tobacco. So tobacco is this um, you know, pretty relatively big plant. It can be like four or five feet tall. It has these, depending on how it's cultivated, depending on the varietal of tobacco, there are many types of tobacco. Um, and they all, you know, are similar, but some have huge leaves, some have smaller leaves. If it wasn't, um, pruned in a specific way that you want to prune it to get the big leaves for tobacco, then, it's kind of like tomatoes, it's called suckering. Um, If it's not suckered, it will have like many smaller leaves. And if it is suckered, it can get these nice bigger leaves. And again, depending on the, um, the strain, is that the word? Like the the cultivar, the type. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it has these beautiful green leaves. And then up at the top, it has these beautiful flowers that often range from white to pink, slightly yellow. I'm sure that I've, I've seen, um, we've had some dark purple that actually have dried blue, which is really nice. Uh Um, and so again, if people are like pulling up a picture, if they don't have the physical plant in front of them, they can look at it and see what the physicality brings up for them. So for me, if something is, grows upward and then has these beautiful flowers at the top, like what, let's just ask you, like what comes up for you when you think about that attribute? 
Oh, like blossoming, like standing tall, sturdiness, this self-awareness of I deserve to be seen at the top because these are going to bring benefit to all. And I want my seeds to spread. And I feel very like sturdy and strong, like wise woman stability is like the first thing that I, that comes to me. I love that. So that, that resonates for me too, with what comes up for me. And I also just want to mention too, this is where, um, the messages that tobacco gives is going to be different from everyone for everyone, because everyone needs something different. And, and this goes kind of like across the board with plants that like everyone's going to get something different. The plants are going to show up for each person at different times in their life in a different way. And also because tobacco is such a big force, it's such a big spirit, such a big power plant. I also view it as something that it can be quite diverse how it shows up for people. So there really is no right or wrong when you're starting to sit with a plant, right? But yeah, that's the same thing for me is this like opening, like this kind of opening to the heavens, so to speak. Mm. And that is definitely something too, that like when you start working with it, you notice like earlier, um, I don't know if this is controversial to say, but I don't care because this is how I live. Um, (laughs) My daughter has had a little cold the past two days. And so she woke up from her nap and um, I was burning some plants and we were kind of doing some spiritual healing because of course, a week ago, I I was like, oh, she needs an herbal spiritual bath. And I didn't make one because I just got lazy because I'm a human, even though I do this for a living and live, you know, live in this way, you still are human. And then of course, like, you know, then she gets sick and there's no differentiation between physical, spiritual, whatever. And so then today, you know, she's taking a nap and I start doing the spiritual things. I prepare her an herbal bath and I'm burning plants to circulate the energy in the house. And um, she woke up and we were doing some of these things. And I asked if I could blow some tobacco on her and I start blowing where I, you know, kind of cleared myself first and got centered with tobacco. And then I was blowing it over her and, um, it was just so damn cute. She was like, mama hands, mama hands. And I was like blowing it on her hands. And she was like, heart, heart. (laughs) It was amazing. But, um, I love her. (laughs) She's so cool. Oh, but one of the things anyways, oh, this, I was like, how did I get here? Um, when you start working with tobacco, especially with this internally, um, and when, I'm working with the smoke of tobacco. I'm, I'm not rarely do I inhale and I will share when I do inhale, it's, um, usually for a specific purpose. Um, but even just blowing the smoke around you and working with it in that way, I mean, you could do this just from meditating with it as well. Um, you don't have to work with the plant in person to connect with the spirit and I'll give people some other options of what they can do at home if they don't have it physically but that's immediately what happens though is just this like so clear like connection to whatever you want to call it you're helping spirits to the spirit of tobacco to your higher self to 
you know, the unseen realm. And, and that is also traditionally what, what it's used for too. Um, and, and you feel it like immediately I was like, whoa, like I can feel these spirits that I'm working with, not just the tobacco, but the other plants that I was working with. And, um, it's quite profound. If you can, if you can just like trust yourself that what you're getting and feeling and sensing is valid, then like, that's where shit just fucking changes in your life. Right. Yeah. Which is most (laughs) of the work, right? The, the trust of it. And I'm sure you experience this with your one-on-one practice. Like how does one access that even more? So how do we keep defining that trust or maybe it's not even defining it. It's just leaning into it and letting it be. How do we release so much of the ifs and what's and is, and all the things that clog up that clarity, right? Mm. Like what is there except just knowing we're on track and just having peace that we're going to get there in the right time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's hard. I also facilitate like trainings for people. So I've, I've done shamanic Reiki trainings for years and that is, that's the biggest thing is like how, you know, for me as the facilitator and as the teacher is like, how do I create a space where these people can become empowered to like strengthen that muscle. I mean, I've been doing this work for years now and still have moments or days or whatever. I'm still human where I'm like, is that what they want? They being like my helping spirits, is that what they want me to do? Huh? Like, you know, where you just question it because we're all human. But if you have the specific intention and the conscious effort of like wanting to trust more and listen more, then you kind of quickly will be able to like discern what is your ego trying to get you to doubt it versus, you know, what is the intuition? And usually like the intuition is just kind of that first thing that pops up. And then the ego is right behind it being like, that's bullshit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, you're making it up. You're just hitting people with plants. That's like my, you know. And so it's fine if that voice is still there. You just say, knock it off. Or, you know, I kind of knock, I was just talking about this with my partner. So we have dogs and like with our first dog, that that was like the phrase that we would say when she was like doing something naughty, like knock it off, knock it off, Jasmine, knock it off. And so it can be fun if it's like a phrase for you. So if it's like, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but for me, it was knock it off. And so when I like coach myself internally with these things, like if that ego chirps in and is like, you don't know, don't do the podcast about sacred tobacco. You don't know what you're talking about. Just go knock it off. And you just like coach yourself through it. And it is like strengthening a muscle. You just strengthen that muscle. And of course, still, you're going to have days where you're like really in the flow and really in it. And there's no question. And then still, I'm sure like 30, 40, 50 years down the road, I and everyone else are still going to have days where they're like, I don't know, you know, and that's part of being human, right? Uh, So true. Well, two things popped up in my head. Um, kind of like, which voice do you listen to? And it's always the kindest voice. 
It's the, mm. the softest, most gentle voice is when in doubt, that's what you lean into. So I've been really listening to that because I'm like, damn, some of these voices are gnarly. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so just kind of the knock it off is a great addition to that. And then also just this idea of what you said of like how it, the enoughness, the root of enoughness and I actually would like to dig into the rabbit hole of that a little mm. bit if you do have a moment to put into this topic, because I think it's just, it's keeping everyone bound. Yeah. And if our role is to help release and bring light and help with the freedom and liberate ourselves and at the same time, help other people tap into that, ah, like that badassery of how much power and potential we each have it's the root of i'm not enough that is stopping us right yeah. so if we could spend a moment there i feel like it totally. would be of such value yeah oh my pleasure i mean so obviously that root is going to be different for each person and yet there are like that that's a huge gaping whole it's like a huge what do they say like succubus in our culture you know it's like this giant wormhole vacuum of like you're not enough because like our culture would not be able to survive if people felt like they were enough because we wouldn't be consuming yes. and we wouldn't be like seeking in these unhealthy ways and like so it, it is this thing of like people are going to have to feel into and go back and there are so many ways of how you can get to these roots for yourself they're are so, so many different, um, strings of work that you can do to seek this, but let's just like know the general one is that our culture is fucked up and we need to, I mean, it, it's even just freeing to like put some of the blame on the culture. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Like the system is like wanting us to continue in that path. And then maybe we can like liberate from that a little bit. And that doesn't mean you don't have to like go shopping or like buy nice things, but it's like, what is the root and the energy behind your actions? Right. But, um, I mean, do you have any like things that pop up for you about like where the root of that, like the root of enoughness? Oh, or lack well, of, yes. Yeah. Lack of, I mean, I, the more I dig into this work, the more I just, it is all so DNA, like our karma. I just think it's generational after generation. And we look at how four generations ago, how they were raised and what that life was compared to this crazy liberated life that we live in comparison to their role in how they went, you know, just totally different. And so I think a lot of it has to do with us choosing our DNA or our destiny. <laughs> like there's this constant battle of like kind of our patterns and habits that are always something that's easier to get into and a little bit more comfortable because it's what we know and it's what we, you know, intuitively have passed down from generation to generation. But then there's just a point where it's no longer satisfying. So you must choose to do the work, the practices, to integrate the plants, to integrate the, the meditations, to figure out what it is that's going to get you to see your DNA as what it is, but not 
let it define and then kind of move forward to like your fullest potential or what your Mm -hmm. destiny would be like that's kind of the opening that it's like a crossroads there's the right and then there's there's the left (laughs) and society is gonna keep you really comfortable on one hand but like none of us are going to be satisfied unless we go for which is so uncomfortable yeah yes (laughs) it's like this funny thing that came up as you were like saying this of like this liberating life like this modern life being liberated and it's like what I keep hearing is like this um dichotomy of like two different truths or two different illusions like yes we are like so liberated in so many ways and also we are so shackled by the very things that liberate us it's almost like my partner for example he won't care that I'm saying this but like he I have this tendency where if we're like making a decision I will like start to speak every single option. Like, I'm like, okay, let's just like put all the options. We, okay, he's like, okay, do you want to go here or here? And I'm like, okay, but we also could go here or here or here. It's so like, what? And then he just gets overwhelmed and shut down, you know? And it's just like the perfect example of like the freedom, but shackles that we have in modern day living I just wanted to point that out because it kept coming up as you were talking but another thing that came up for me of like as a root of this is like I totally agree with you like of the kind of karmic piece and then I was just thinking like okay definitely like earth-centered cultures didn't have this and so I have certain views of like um in this lifetime where did our enoughness problems have? And I have opinions about like, you know, um, I don't know if I ever say his name right, but Gabor Mate has like this amazing work that he does. And it all goes back to like what happened in the first three years of your life. And I have been doing a lot of work with my own enoughness lately. And it's like, I mean, his work is just eye-opening and a lot of us with the way that our parents were raised and then raised us in the first three years of our life and how people are expected to take a three month maternity leave, if that, and like, you know, some people are not breastfed and like sleep training and all of these things that are like, um, you know, raise your kids however you want. But I think certain things can be very detrimental in such a subtle way. And having a two-year-old, I just feel like every single thing that we do, um, I feel like every opportunity that comes through me interacting with her and like her interactions, like with her dad and, you know, people in her life at this age is going to frame, like I am the metaphor for the goddess, like for the mother, the mother earth, the, the universe for her. And so if I were to like sleep train her, for example, and some people do that, like so young, it breaks my heart, but do your thing, parents, keep them alive. Um, But, you know, just using sleep training, for example, you are telling your kid that during these hours, you are not available to them. Doesn't matter if it's gentle sleep training or cry it out or you know the extreme methods it doesn't matter you're telling them that your love is conditional and so just from that they're gonna think that 
things from the universe are also conditional and that their worth is conditional, right? I mean, I'm aware that I parent like, you know, and definitely an earth-centered way, but in a, a more unusual way from conventional society and people think I'm fucking psychotic that I haven't <laughs> slept through the night in two years because I didn't sleep train but I, it's what's felt right in my body. And I'm just lucky enough that I've felt empowered enough to do it anyways, because my hope is that Juniper will know that not only is my love and support unconditional and that she can come to me anytime, whether it's big or small or happy or sad or, or whatever, she could be her and I'm always here for her. But then that's also how she's going to feel about this reality. Oh, my mom came to me anytime I needed it. I was able to breastfeed anytime that I even just wanted it. And so the hope and sense that I have is that like, then she's going to go through life and pretty much in hopefully a heartfelt way, understand that she can have anything that she dreams of because she truly experienced unconditional love. Does that... Makes oh, sense. it makes so much sense. And when you were talking about it, I almost thought of how therapeutic this whole process was for, is for you, you know, kind of if like knowing we all have inner child, <laughs> we, no matter our parents, we all have shit. So like how beautiful it is in that, you know, reversal of roles to actually get the healing and support in this assurant way of what you probably were missing and just how pretty profound like that passing of love can be not just for the person who's giving but for what you also receive by giving totally, totally. yeah yeah it's a fucking trip <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool okay I have a question on what are your thoughts on hape yeah. Um, whew, that's a full bag. Um, the reason that I say it's a, you know, I have many mixed feelings. This is a big, I'll just speak to it. Like this is a trigger for me living okay. in Boulder, Colorado, where there's this huge plant medicine community communities. Like it's a whole thing. Um, Hoppe is a beautiful medicine. I work with it when I feel called to it. Um, one day I will make it myself with our tobacco and whatever plants come forward. Um, no one can, in a sense, no one else can say if anyone else is in right relationship or not. Although some things feel funny to watch, right? Um, I always just come back to the fact that like, this is that person's relationship with the plant or with the medicine. I, I don't know if they're really feeling called to it at this particular moment at a bar while doing, like, I don't know. I see, I love Hape, it's beautiful. It's so, so helpful. Um, I could be saying this about any plant, any form of tobacco, any whatever. Um, in certain circles in my area, I see it being used 
so much, so frequently, so um, it feels casual to me. And it can be casual. It doesn't have, it doesn't always have to be this big ceremony or this big ritual or whatever, right? Like these things can be integrated into our life and we don't have to like separate normal reality to work with these things. Although I am brought to question, is it, I don't know, is it necessary? Are you really feeling called to it? Is it habit? Holy shit, that is a mound of hape on their hand. I do one one hundredth of that amount. Like, I don't know, all these well, things so, go through my mind. Right. Okay. So you see it on the other spectrum. Like it is used and abused in some ways, potentially. But, but we don't again, have the right. I feel like I can't even say, say that. that. Like, I just know that sometimes I see it. And I question, huh? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of as much as I can say, you right. know, because so I'm funny. sure that it is really helping these people. What's so funny you said that because like, there's no way to not make happy a big ceremony in my, in my current relationship with it. It is so intense. You know, and I get that you can have varying degrees of how much you do have and understanding obviously that where it comes from and your intention with it but when it is done in ceremony I mean it's wild it's it's a whole experience I wouldn't I don't want to be around people <laughs> I don't want to be around you know an outdoor world full of other things like it, it's it it's a new experience for me but that is just kind of my so I, I didn't I don't think I realized it was being so used I mean in I literally go to gatherings which is let like more casual but I've been to like concerts and seen people with a creepy around their neck and just like doing it and again like I have to like check myself because I don't want to judge people I wouldn't want people to judge me again like sometimes at a concert I'm like it's funny because part of me is like oh at a concert like I don't know about that but then I'm also like I'm so fucking sensitive like I use tobacco at concerts like because it's so much energy and I need protection and it does really, so I don't know, it's, it's hard. But one thing that came up as you were sharing about kind of your use with hot pay is um, these plants will take up as much space as you give them. So if you do it in a casual kind of like quick way, then yeah, it's going to be a quick experience if much of any experience at all. But literally anything you could have a cup of lemon balm tea and if you give it the space and make it a ritual or ceremonial like that lemon balm is going to give you some information and give you potentially some healing and you know so these plants will give you as much space as you allow them to take up but yeah if you give it the space it is fucking profound it is a medicine yeah, I love that. Well, so you're growing a lot of your plants and growing and more and more. What are some of your, I mean, I can't even ask you this. What are your favorites? But like, what don't are you tell excited? The yeah. Don't, <laughs> what are you excited about growing? What are ones that you really love that you've built a relationship with, especially right now? I mean, it's winter, but like knowing spring is coming around the corner. What are some of the plants that you are just so excited to put your hands on? Mm. Uh, that's so hard. 
I mean, okay, let's think about like what plants in my medicine cabinet I'm working with. Well, first physically in, in the flesh, I work with the wintertime plants right now um, for like my one-on-one -on -one session. So yes, if you come for a winter earth-centered healing session with me, it's not going to be as lush and as many plants as in that photo. That was, that photo is in the height of the summer. Um, so of course being earth centered means that you're working in the present moment with what the earth has now. So this time of year, we're working with evergreens. We're working with juniper. We're working with spruce. We're working with the pines, right? Um, so like, not only because I, I work with juniper a lot and that my daughter is named after juniper, but like the juniper this time of year just is so accessible. Like it's one of the plants that is still green and still above ground and it's not super pokey, um, like the spruce or some of the other evergreens, which I still do work with spruce um, when, it, when it comes and is needed. But the juniper is just one that you really can like clip a little bow and like sit with it and put it on your body and smell it and you can receive healing directly from it you know just from putting it on your body and breathing it in it's quite profound again just like with the other with the tobacco the space you'll give it is what you'll experience but also just with like sitting with a plant and breathing it in um my biggest shifts like out of ordinary reality happen from breathing in a plant that's something that I will, um, it's the biggest ally for me to, to shift, to um, get out of the way is a phrase that I use in my healing work. I have to get out of the way or um, hook up in order to do the work. And for me, like breathing in a plant will just almost immediately do that for me. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then in, inside the indoor apothecary of like plants that I'd prepared over the summer or spring or fall, what am I working with? I, I love my nervines. So the herbs that work on your nervous system, there are so many different types. There are like strong sedative ones and like really mild ones that just help your capacity. But, um, oat straw is my favorite. I do that one as a nourishing herbal infusion. Um, I've had profound, profound healing and shifts in my life from just drinking oat straw infusions alone. Um, motherwort is one that is a local plant that grows wild here. And, um, I just think every human should be working with that. Not literally when I say that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people that like shouldn't be working with it, but it's just a super gentle nervine helps your nervous system to calm. So it just kind of helps, <sighs> helps your shoulders lower from your ears. It helps you be able to take a deeper breath into your heart and chest. And um, motherwort specifically helps with overwhelm. It helps with like, you know, what do mothers deal with? Oh, I have this human that like came through my body. Maybe not everyone's <laughs> child came through their body, but and now they're like outside of my body and I can't control what happens to them, right? I love <laughs> like that apply that to anything. Yeah. It helps you deal with the things that you can't control. It's I really love stressful. That. <laughs> Mother I have it in my hand right now. Mm, taste oh, it. Have you tasted it? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> you <laughs> so know it. Bitter. I know. 
I love it though. It's so good. good. Well, I love that you have it. Oh yeah. I keep this little bag with me. Oh, oh I love that you mentioned motherwort. That one just I discovered motherwort in 2022. That was the plant maybe of the entire year. <laughs> well, tobacco being pretty high up as well. <laughs> There's so many plants. Oh my gosh. Okay. So kind of to oh to ground in and call in you know, our highest, like what takeaways do we want for people with tobacco? Mm-hmm. Respect it, love it, cherish it, experiment with it, grow it if you can. I think just like build your own relationship with it. Like try to wipe the slate clean of any preconceived notions of any images of shamans blowing it on you or, or big tobacco industry farmers. Like Try to just like wash all that away, come to it with a clear slate and treat it like a friend that you're just meeting. If you don't grow the plant, I recommend doing, you can, there's different words kind of for the same thing, but like a meditation or a shamanic journey or um, like a visualization to meet the plant. You could, you know, just to give some people something that they can like actually walk away with and try, like there's this thing called a shamanic journey and it's kind of just like a visualization. You can let the visualization unfold or it can be a guided one. Um, And so you just kind of get into a meditative space, whether that's through meditation, breathing, drumming, rattling, listening to drumming, you get in, you get out of the way, you get out of your brain as much as possible. And then you can start to picture yourself. You could be walking down a path and then imagine a tobacco plant lit in golden light in a clearing on the path. I'm just making this up. It can be whatever you want. There's no right or wrong. And then you approach the tobacco and you start to have a conversation. Hi, my name's Julia. Wow, are you tobacco? You're so beautiful. I'm really interested in getting to know you. And then you can just start to have a conversation and ask questions. And that can be nice to kind of think of them ahead of time of like, what's something that you want me to know about you? How would you like me to work with you? How would you like me to honor you? What is a way that I can do that or you know whatever um but and then see what happens and doing these types of journeys or meditations with plants is a huge opportunity to like strengthen that muscle of listening of the knock it off you know when your ego tries to chirp in and say you're making it up so just try your best to like go with the flow and the first thing that comes up whether you know, and plants um, and spirit in general communicate with us in so many different ways. And it's often like in metaphors. So it might not be that you're like hearing this like black and white conversation. It could be that you're getting feelings or sensations in your body, or I'm just making this up. Like maybe you're doing that journey and all of a sudden you're having heart pain or chest pain or a memory comes up from your past. It's like, okay, whatever comes up in that space is like what it's trying to tell you. It might not be in the way that you're expecting it to come up. But like, if you were getting like a memory or a heartbeat, it's like, okay, I would say that like maybe tobacco is trying to say that it can help you with this issue. Or, you know, you just strengthen that. Like when you have the doubt of like, oh, I'm just making that up or whatever. You just have to like say, knock it off. 
because you're going to talk yourself out of all of the magic that is possible for you in your life. But I love just doing those little journeys can be a really powerful way. And another thing too, that people can do really quickly is to do dream time work with it. So you were very blessed that you didn't have to initiate on your own. The plant came to you, but you can also do dream time work where you're calling in a specific spirit plant. You don't want to call in any old spirit or plant. You know, there's some kind of contingency phrases that you want to use of like, you would maybe want to call tobacco and it's compassionate and helping form or, you know, whatever. Um, you don't want to just call, you know, any old thing into your space. That can be quite dangerous. Call me if that happens. I can help you remedy the situation. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then again, just see how it unfolds and dream time. Just like the journeying is something where like, you know, people most likely like might not have a, a, such a clear experience as what you had. Like maybe tobacco in that form doesn't come in at all during their dreams, but maybe there's a theme or a feeling for the dreams that they did have. If you set this, the intention in a formal way of like lighting a candle or speaking out loud, the intention of wanting sacred tobacco to come and work with you or get to know you in your dreams, then you can trust that whatever dreams happened or whatever feeling or trend or theme happened in your dreams, it has a thread with your work with tobacco as well. It might, it might not be very um, clear, like with the example that you gave us. I mean, that would be fucking awesome. Most of my dreams are not like that, but <laughs> well, I mean, what they are. So, oh my God. Yeah. And it's, I want more of them, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm just like on the court, the edge of the cliff and I'm just so ready to just swan dive off of it. But also knowing that what you said earlier is so relevant of it's, it's the patience and the just softening of healing. And I, it's not a rush to get there. There's no timeline. <laughs> it is all unraveling and unfolding. And when we rush it, it's, a, it's actually pushing it further away. It's just mm -hmm. this allowance that is always the struggle, but so important to understand. My teacher always says this um, little phrase and I'll, it'll, I'll always say it until I die and hopefully after, but she always says the timing is the mystery. Mm. That's so true. <laughs> it couldn't be truer. Wow. That gives a lot of less, like it, it does give relief in so many ways. That's beautiful. Thank you. Wise teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julia. Well, thank you so much for just all of the pieces. It's so real life and so fun to share plant by plant to people and, just even the the root of enoughness is something I will continue mm. to dwell on. And I hope that tobacco comes and visits me again in my dream soon. <laughs> and I yes. hope it visits all of those who are listening and that we spread tobacco seeds all across the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and energy. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so Meadow Sweet Healing, that's your it, practice. It's You're going to start doing workshops in 2023. Mm -hmm. I'll have everything linked below. Um, is there anything anywhere else people can find you or anything else that you want to share? 
I'm really not on social media much anymore and I'm hoping to keep it that way. So don't reach out to me. <laughs> you can check, look, you know, whatever. But um, through my website, meadowsweethealing.com is the best way to get in touch with me, um, emailing me, all my contact info is available there. And yeah, I do the private sessions. I do distance sessions, consultations, and I have some exciting classes and workshops and trainings. And um, I have a, an exciting healing program that I'm going to be announcing oh. soon too. So yeah. Send me the link, Julia. Send I me will. the link. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All my you. love. love yes. To you. Bye, this everyone. is so lovely. Thank you. Bye.